say like spotlight or pin. Yeah. Do I look like a gamer girl? I was literally just about to say, I feel so embarrassed. I don't have a mic. I got these, I got the cans. No, you look great. I wish I could, I'm literally in a garage. Like I was like, I thought to text you like, I knew it was visual, but I didn't put that together. Um, okay. I literally did my makeup with this clown makeup palette. That's amazing. I mean, you look great. No, no. I'm, I just want to start off by saying that I'm obsessed with you. Well, that's what you said on the podcast that my cool cousins found out about. Yeah, wait, what's the deal with your cousins? Tell me more about your, are they they're girls? Like, are they boys? No, are they're, they girl, they're like really cute girls like who are in a state school sorority and they're like really popular. <gasps> and like my, fa like my entire family, like they're very supportive. They know I'm a comedian, but it's like, they don't really know how I'm like surviving or if I have any future. And they were yeah. like, oh wait, well she was mentioned on Ali Makovsky's podcast, so. Oh my God, that's crazy. No. Because when you texted me that yesterday, um, obviously I was so stoked to get a text from you, first of all. First of all. First off, I wanna start by first saying off. that. And then secondly, it's always nice to know that not only do I have female fans out there, but that they're hot and cool. They're so cute. They're like, wait, what it, she said that like, I'm like, wait, how do you guys like, how do you guys know about Allie? Yeah, that was going to be my follow up question is how do these hot sorority girls know about Allie Mack? Um, she loves Okay, so my they said blah 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 blah. My friend Mel, shout she my friend my cousin Anna. Shout out to Mel. Big she shout out to Mel. She loves podcasts. Um, she loves podcasts, and she's apparently she saw you in Indiana. Did you perform in Indiana? Literally, Indiana? never been to Indiana in my entire life. <laughs> Are you? They everyone loves seeing stand up comedy shows in Indiana. That's well, maybe crazy. she didn't see you, and she just said she's an Indiana resident, familiar with both you and Allie. So I just assumed that meant she had seen you in Indiana. I like Interesting. The comedy attic or somewhere classic. But don't I mean, if your cousins are like cool and young, aren't they like obsessed with you? Because I feel like cool young girls love you. They think I'm cool, but every, everyone is mystified as to what's going to become. Like, I can only do this. and It's not going to be cute Forever. When I'm like 39. Yes, right. it is. Says who? Why is I, there- I would, well, I need a job. If you could see, I'm in a two-car garage right now. Whoa, that's a big brag. That's better than a one-car garage. Oh, no. Wait, where are you? Seemingly, you're at your At this house. moment? No. You're, this is not your parents' house? No. You have, a, you have a pillow that says Christmas time on it? So I don't take any ownership <laughs> over these pillows. I want to make that very clear. None of these are my pillows or my idea. I was bamboozled last week walking into the podcast room, seeing the Christmas decorations. Zero menorahs in this house, even though the homeowner is Jewish. Um, oh, you're in a podcast house. It's kind of like the hype house for TikTok, but podcast, and it's only me. There's no one else. <laughs> it's amazing. 
Um, yeah, the the Anthony who helps me with the podcast producer uh, for Hi, the pod. Anthony. He's not even in the room right now. Like this could literally not be recording, and maybe none of the audio is picking up. But um, I know I see a little. Do I sound okay? I, I mean, who knows? Anthony, we don't know. We're going to find yeah. out once we're editing, I guess. I hope you sound fine. What oh if we God. do? What? My, my, my studio mate, if I may say so myself. Yeah. Walks in with a bagel with cream cheese and egg on it. For That's you for- or just to like show you? No. That's Allie so goes, sweet. is that for you or just to show you? I go, it's for me. Wait, what did I do to deserve that? You got me bagel the other day. Did I? No, I didn't. It was closed. Wait, this is so cute. Well, I guess you did not. I wish I could turn my computer around, but this entire system would crumble. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So your studio mate, aka domestic partner, aka gamer so, gamer boy. Actually, he is a gamer boy. So I, because I, you've never also Also asthmatic, which is why you're not in person doing this. Right. Well, boyfriend diabetic. Oh, diabetic. I, I thought it was only... asthmatic. No, it's like real. It's not fake. Am yeah. I the only person? Is everyone? Are we? Is this recording? This is recording. This Am is I yeah. <laughs> we don't you start watch. the podcast until like an hour later. I just like to like really warm You're up. You're massaging to it. the situation. Mm-hmm. I famously live around the corner from you with yes. my diabetic boyfriend saw yes. you on the loose in person and literally wanted to hug you embrace you but was i am still stricken with fear because at any moment i could kill my diabetic boyfriend yeah and we don't want to do that yet no we don't want to do that yet we'll wait till we're married with children which i'm obviously not doing wait until but, there's uh, like something to get out of it like if he like somehow comes into like a lot of money or runs his own bagel company then you could be like you know the face of that when do you when do you do a life insurance policy I don't know. I would say, I mean, it depends on how risky your lifestyle is. Like if you're going crazy, I would, I would say 30. Well, Skater Alley Mac, you're going to be grinding the rails. You better get that life insurance policy. I'm not shredding that hard. I worry. You look like you're shredding hard. I guess I'm a good actress. (laughs) How, what can you do a trick? I can do two tricks. I can do an ollie and a shove it. A shove it? Yeah. Such a rude... Skate lingo is so offensive and rude and, like, disgusting. What is a shove... I can't even imagine what a shove... A shove it just sounds violent. All of it is, like, the same to me. It's, like, in some way or another, your board is moving in a different way. Like, I'll be be skating and the guys will be like, I'm going to do a blunt nose heel flip. And I'm like yeah have fun but i kind of i've 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 slowed down on the skating thing but i want to get okay hold on enough about me and skating okay 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 okay. i'm hardly a skater okay so Uh uh-huh yesterday you text me about your cool hot cousins um they love me which is so cool they love you it's very famous wow but you're famous Okay, well, I what's do you know your ratio of followers on Instagram? Because mine is predominantly males in their thirties. It's hideously disgusting. Mine, like, I'm not. Mine's like eighty percent men who are thirty-five. 
Wait, that makes me feel so much better because I'm like, I want to have like a Sarah demographic, you know, because I feel like men like you, women like you, and everyone likes you. Animals love I you. I wish more women liked me. I fully, uh, the, the my demographic is like men who, uh, alcoholic, like older um, like Grateful Dead dads who yeah. want to consume me. Are you a Grateful Dead head? Um, so, I mean, I like the great, I do like the Grateful Dead and mostly I love the Grateful Dead lifestyle. I respect Grateful Dead lifestyle. Likewise, I think I've made too many aesthetic Grateful Dead choices in terms of like merch and- I mean, do I have a Grateful Dead poster in my house? Of course, I have the bears in my house. Yeah. I mean, the bears are the bears are beautiful. They look good. They're there, funky. It's one love. It's it's the you know, be, being a deadhead is like appreciating like a DIY lot lifestyle. Yeah. Studio mate Ben laughing at me. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think people think that I'm much more into the dead than I am, and I'm like I just like the merch and the music, but I could I I could not name over two songs i like the music but everyone loses me with like the live sessions like i can't mm. really stomach three hours of guitar noodling completely but i can appreciate and i hate fish i draw the line at fish <gasps> garbage whoa i know why it's like dorky like it's in my head it's like scott almost sometimes it's just like I also have like mental associations with like, like the Jewish frat boys I grew up with, like doing Molly at fish concerts. And it's like, I can't, it's just not, I yeah. love old hippies. I feel like fish is the nickelback of like the lot lizard culture. Absolutely. They just get so much shit. And I, and I wanted to like be a part of that and be like, yeah, fuck fish. And I remember <laughs> one day I was working at a restaurant and I had, spotify on shuffle and a song came on and i was like oh what is this this is good and i looked and it was fish and i was like oh my tricked. god i was like oh no and then i kept shuffling the playlist and another song came on that i liked and i was like fish me once shame on me fish me twice i gotta go to a fish concert you're a tray head now when trey anastasia was noodling you're you're that's it you're done yeah lot lizard i like i keep lot lizard lifestyle Mm -hmm. Valley Matt got dosed at the fish concert. Yeah. Do people think you're like, uh, like, what do you think people's impressions of you are that don't know you? Because a lot of people think that I'm like a stoner and I don't smoke weed at all. Like, what, <laughs> like, what do people well, think about you when they don't know you? Well, people think I'm like trippy crazy. Like, whoa, like, what, you know, what, how much did you smoke? You know, whoa. I literally, at this point, especially in quarantine, I'm like fully straight edge. Not like, not straight edge lifestyle. I just, I can't drink because I'm Jewish and I get diarrhea. I can't smoke weed anymore because I'm too Jewish and neurotic. And all the other drugs aren't good either. So it all goes back to you being Jewish. Yeah, it's very Jewish. Yeah. Like, Jews are just too sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm half Jewish. And so do you believe, do you, are you one of those people who, if I tell you that I'm half Jewish and then you go, oh, on what side? And I say my dad's side. Are you the type of person who goes, you're not Jewish? 
Oh, I'm even worse. I'm like, oh, you're only half. <laughs> it pisses me off so much. <laughs> well, I, I'm from Long Island. And anytime I say I'm from New York, people are like, <laughs> so you're not really from New York. Like, what do you what do you come up with this stuff? Yeah, that's like when I say I'm from Long Beach, which is like technically L.A. County. And people are like, yeah, but you're not from L.A. Like, don't claim it. Oh, my God. Long Beach is so L.A. Are they kidding me? It's like that's so LA oh yeah whatever there's <laughs> haters everywhere yeah, that's true. That's true. um I feel like you've been having a not I shouldn't say a great time in quarantine but I feel like you've been should I say making it your bitch oh my god dude I was literally thinking the same thing about you I was just feeling self-conscious actually that you were like having more of a real life than I like you I have been cucked by quarantine. I will own that. And that is my, that's my choice. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like you're freaking rocking it. I, um, I don't have, I am still living from a place of fear. You're skateboarding. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm not saying that either are good or not good, you know? I, but you know what I appreciate, though? When I did see you out and about, I know that you're... Uh, pretty scared about covid which is completely fair and understandable but you weren't like uh like i know someone who freaked out he this dude this dude that i know was super scared of covid and then felt guilty not being at the blm marches and so he went out saw one of his friends and his friend was about to like give him a hug and he was like what the fuck are you doing like get back so i was happy that i got to see you and enjoy my time with you and not feel like a terrible super spreader person no i can be normal i can be normal i just am like i feel like it would be different if my boyfriend wasn't diabetic but I, I was feeling okay in COVID. I was like, oh my God, my mind palace is so vast that I don't need the outside world. I can be living in my little, that lasted like one month. Yeah. And now I'm at the phase of like grief where I feel completely robbed by this pandemic. Absolutely. I'm kind of there. I Yeah, like two weeks ago or last week, I was feeling super sad girl and like what's gonna happen but I mean in the sense of like you're doing your live streaming shows which are like incredible and I feel like you figured out a way to make it like fun and potentially like uh, an, a thing that seems like a fun reality that's not uh, like forced I I hope because basically the pandemic hit and then I, we were like oh god and so then we were just doing all these live stream fundraisers for like all these like, you know, DSA endorsed candidates in California and all these like DSA causes, like raising money for people who don't get stimulus checks and raising money for people on rent strike and all this stuff. And it just helps me feel, you know, I feel like I'm being helpful, even though it's like the comedian's version of being helpful. Like, uh, you know, it's not like I'm out, I'm scared of COVID. So I'm not out in the streets, like handing out water bottles to yeah. people who need it. I'm like at home throwing comedy shows to raise money. So it feels like the least I can do, but also it's just like hard to feel motivated to do anything. So when I feel like I have the pressure of like, okay, we're raising money for people on rent strike this is like a reason to get out of bed and do a comedy show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's probably better than just being like, I got to get another set in. So I'll just do this live stream (laughs) to just like work on this new stuff. I 
can't, and I'm not even doing stand-up on the live streams because it's like, oh my God, I can't imagine what, it, I mean, what is it like doing stand-up right now? Is it weird at the live shows? Honestly, like doing the live shows, it's not that weird. Uh, Like, obviously, it's different. Like, people are spread out. They're wearing the masks. It's all pretty much outdoors and stuff. And so it has a different feel. But I think, like, starting stand-up in L.A., you're used to doing outdoor shows. And just weird shows in general. It's like I'm used to talking to an empty room where maybe there's one person, like, all the way in the back yeah so I feel like it's not it's nice I, I'm not a huge fan of doing the zoom shows but I feel like yours is a way of doing it in a fun way do you pre-record people's so what we've been doing is like we'll okay so we're, let's say we did a live stream fundraiser with DSA it was called the stimulus solidarity fundraiser that was raising money for people who are working mostly like undocumented people who don't get didn't get the $1,200 stimulus checks and so we would raise I think there was like 100 people on a waiting list and they all got $1,200 checks not just be well it was like a larger like fundraising campaign but we helped like a little bit that's amazing it was so that felt like I'm like okay I can like you know I can this is the one thing I can do I can get myself to do comedy for this and then some people like were doing stand up in front of a Zoom camera. And then most people are just like, why don't I just take this opportunity to make like a video moment? Yeah. And so then the show would be like some comedians doing like, like we have Lorelai Ramirez just took a video of themselves walking around Bushwick with like a bag of cookies and like feeding it to pigeons. And it's like, we have like that freaky performance art. Yeah. So like, we had this girl that I'm obsessed with, Naomi Drome who's a stripper, like do a performance art strip play pre-recorded on Zoom where she was like pole dancing in front of a green screen that had like animations on it. It was just like whole like, it was just awesome. And then we'll have like bands playing stuff. So it doesn't feel like you're sitting on Zoom and there's just people being like, so dating's weird. I feel like people have definitely embraced the like everything being online format. Yeah. Andy's hammering something. I know. What was that? <laughs> was that on our end? Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. Maybe Anthony has ghosts. Wait, um, Anthony, did I make fun of your pillows? I'm sorry, Anthony. I don't know who got the pillows. Did you buy the pillows, Anthony? No. Someone else in the house bought the pillows, and then they were just here. Normally, they're, like, pink pillows and, like, pattern pillows. And then I walked in, and it was all decked out with the Christmas spirit. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I'm obsessed with you. I just want to make sure people understand that I... Oh, I want to make sure people understand that literally the first time and last, by the way, that I was ever at the comedy store, literally, I felt like a celebrity because I was walking around with Allie Mack. Allie taking me through all these weird corridors and kitchen cabinets. And everyone's like, hey, Allie, what's up? Like, literally the the mayor of the comedy store. (laughs) It was like the most fun I've ever. And I was like, oh, my God, please. I hope I get to meet Joey Coco Diaz. And you're like, we'll find Joey Coco Diaz. We're going to find Joey. (laughs) Um, We did it. Yeah. And then it was cool to see you. What the? Is this picking up super loud on... Okay, cool. <laughs> I I like the sound of it. Um, 
Ooh. Oh yeah, and then it was cool because I got to see you go up at the comedy store, and I feel like I don't get to see you go up that often. Um, and so it was cool to see you in that setting because you're like an East Side girl, you know. It, it and was like, the most fun I've ever had in my entire life, and then COVID happened. It was so fun, and everyone loved you, and that's why I like seeing. Um, fun people like you perform at the comedy store because I don't know it everyone loves it so much and I think that there's always room for like so many new different people than just like the guys yeah the boys I I think there's like a stigma with all comedians or like like especially all comedians from the coasts like LA and New York people who are like, oh, like, whatever, like, I, I, I couldn't perform at a club. I'm like a weirdo. It's like, it's not true. It's, it's actually more fun to perform sometimes. Because I'm from Chicago, so, like, yeah. you have to perform at the Laugh Factory and stuff if you want stage time. And if you want to tour in the Midwest, it's all clubs. And you I think I mean? the audience likes it because it's a yes. change in pace. It's a palate cleanser for sure and I think that it's only unfortunate for those people who have these ideas of what the club scene is like because mm-hmm. them not going there results in the clubs not booking more people like them right right totally so and it's- like I guess the club could do more work on like finding out like you know to diversify their lineups and stuff but it's like I make a point to like be challenging and intrusive and be like march in there and be like, you know, in Chicago, I would literally email the booker every weekend and be like, I want to go up on a Saturday and then, you know, go up in front of a, you know, bachelorette party from Indiana who hated me, obviously. But it's yeah. like fun. You I don't know. This could be just me making up for like years of bombing but i feel like it you grow more when you're performing in front of people who are different from you 100 percent same yeah that's how i feel that's why when i first started i would go to i mean i mostly when i first started did like east side open mics and then i started going to like club open mics and then i felt like most people would either just stick to like one or the other and i was like i mean i'd rather just do more and not close myself off from anything right but then I got in my head once I started doing more spots at the comedy store I got in my head I was like oh my god like I'm never gonna be respected on the east side (laughs) and I'm gonna be like too you know whatever and then I remember getting booked on some like hip east side show and I was all in my head because I'm like the people who I'm booked on the show with, I haven't seen them go up in a long time. And I'm like imagining what they're thinking about me right. on the show. They're like, oh, she opens for Rogan. Like she doesn't, you know, whatever. I'm just like right. picturing the worst case scenario. And it ended up being so much fun. And I was so excited to see everyone. And it was like such a good show. And I was like, why did I get in my head about something so stupid? Like comedy is comedy. Like if it's funny, right? people are going to laugh. Right. And it's like we forget that like before there was like scenes or whatever. It's like there was only the comedy store. You know, uh, Jim Carrey would get up there and do like what an impression of a dog for 35 minutes. Like, who knows what, you know, he's doing free comedy all started with freaky people. And like, yes, a lot of it has become, you know, more commercial or whatever. But it's like, 
also I like doing clubs because you get paid and like yes. a lot of the old stuff is like okay so you're not going to get paid and it, uh, we are doing this show in the back of like a mechanics warehouse and there's yeah. going to be a buzzing chainsaw the whole time you know it's like <laughs> I literally did a comedy show behind an alley of a big lot <laughs> oh wait what show was that? I don't know. It was like it was one of those like hybrid open mic shows where it's like a <laughs> booked open mic. Uh, it was a nightmare. I want to talk about how I first discovered you. I'm. Was it Mecky? No, but Mecky would tell me about. I think I kind of like inquired about you to Mecky, and Mecky was like, "Because Mecky went says to me like, you gotta meet Allie Mac, dude.'" And Mecky said to me, like, I feel like you and Sarah would hit it off, which is always nerve wracking when someone says that because you're like, but what if we don't? I know. And then there was like a lot of pressure and build up to the moment of meeting. And I think I actually think that I saw you a couple times in person, but was too nervous to say hi. No. no. I was like, oh, my God, I, I need to make a good first impression. But so I, funny. I first saw, I think, like. I think you were doing Brandon Wardell's show at the Satellite, or Brandon was in Chicago and was having you do shows with him. And mm-hmm. I was like, who's this Sarah girl? So I was like, the graphic for the shows are really cool. And so I'm going to like look into this. And then I saw some video you did, and I was just like, oh my God. Like, I feel like if we were in elementary school together, like, I would have wanted to be your best friend or we would have just been best friends or whatever but there's something about you that I think uh I am like drawn to because I feel like you are just so yourself and I feel like there's part of me where I'm like at my core there's Sarah in me but I'm like repressing I'm repressing my inner Sarah you had hot pink hair. You're wearing that cool shirt with lipsticks all over it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that might not have been when I met you, met you. I that think was that was just at the comedy out. store, yeah. But I was like, this is because everyone was like, you got to meet Hallie, you got to meet Hallie. And then I meet you with your bright pink hair. I'm like, yeah, I love her, whatever. And I also, I'm going to say this, this might be a little presumptuous or wrong, but I also knew I liked you the minute I met you because we both love, I'll dare I say it, comedy, okay? We do and love comedy. a lot of people that we know also who are comedians act like they're too cool for it. And we're there being like, we love this stuff. We love going to shows. We love doing shows. We're not acting like we're too cool to be there. We're literally excited. What do you think? What do you think people do? Like, what are the behaviors of people who act like they're too cool for it? Like, I want you to name names so I like know, like, so I can like picture. But obviously, we can't for the. I just feel like you can smell it off. Like you, like you. I saw. I see you watching comedians when they're on the stage. Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people don't even watch their peers, and then it's like. Okay, so do you like this or do you just want to be famous? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I definitely like, want to be famous. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. doing something you like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't want to be famous because I made like one funny uh, TikTok. Are you on TikTok yet? Of course. I'm <laughs> obsessed with it. I mean, I'm my... So- I don't try and be funny on TikTok, though. Like, I just know that that's not my platform to thrive. So I just put the dumbest videos on there. Um, 
of course hoping that maybe they'll go viral for some weird reason but i never am like this is this is gonna be it i'm too scared it's i i spend too much time on my phone already and it makes me feel bad so i'm like i can't the fact that there's another thing makes me feel insane yeah and it's also just like so many it's just insane it's insane. It's like every mentally ill person and cop is on that. <laughs> yeah, literally everyone's on there. Like there's an everyone's avenue for there. everyone. There's a space for everything and anyone on TikTok. Well, then maybe I shouldn't be judgmental about it. I mean, it's fine. Uh, no shame in judging TikTok. TikTok is the first thing that's made me feel old and out of touch. Oh my god, same, same. I'm like, am I supposed to be like? doing dances and like knowing what certain things are i don't know i guess i li- i literally get i then uh, i had to do some like twitch show bragging i had to do a twitch show yesterday Whoa. and they were like you have to log on with this discord thing to get on this twitch i literally felt like a 90 year old corpse because i was like like could not figure out discord twitch any of it yeah i went on discord for the first time recently and i was like how do i get to the chat where's the video how do i who's here how do i like restrict certain people or like mute like it's overwhelming but you got you got a podcast you have a youtube podcast you got the tech you got the mic you got the headphones yeah i don't do any of it though i just show up and i let anthony take care of the rest oh so those pink pillows and stuff that's usually behind you that's not even yours none of this is mine it's just my body my body i literally was like oh that's Allie's house i guess I know. My sister literally asked me the other day. She was like, um, oh, like, uh, are you are like, are you doing the podcast at your house? And I'm like, you've seen the podcast. You've seen the couch and the pillows and you've been to my house many times. It's not my house. Did you think I had a secret room where I did the (laughs) podcast in my house? No, you take out a couch and pillows for the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we have a separate couch for podcasting. Well, like, what I'm looking at is interesting because it's a couch, but the I know I'm really harping on the pillows, but That's the okay. pillows aren't even on the couch. No, we put them up because the white wall, it's the angle of the camera typically off Zoom. It, we've done it before with the pillows by my side, and it's just very <coughs> overwhelming. So now they're just like weird display background pillows. Am I the only person who won't come to the studio? No. There was another person, two people who've done the Zoom. Oh. You're in in good company with the Zoom guests. Okay, okay, okay. To be fair, though, the Zoom episodes don't get as viewed on YouTube, but, you know, that's their own prerogative. Because the thumbnail isn't us with pillows being like... Like making out on the couch. (laughs) Best friend. Dressing Um, I, yes. How did you start, uh, how did you start opening for Eric Andre? Cause someone asked me on the last episode, one of the questions I got was like, who's your dream person to open for? And I immediately thought of you opening for Eric. And I was like, literally, so cool. cause it, cause he was my dream person to open up for. And then I'm living in Chicago and he was doing, the have you been to the comedy club on state in madison yet never 
it's like the I mean, you know this, but like every comedian's like, it's like the best club. Like they treat the performers so well, like whatever. And they actually do, it's great. They like get you really drunk, it's fun, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, so my friend Toller Wolf, who's a Chicago comic, was opening for Eric that weekend. And I was like, Toller, you know that I really need this. And he was like, yeah, come with me, it'll be fun. Cause like we needed an opener and a feature or whatever. Yeah. So God bless Toller Wolf, who's also an amazing comedian, so funny, funniest person in the world. And he he's also perfect for opening for Eric. So like I would host the show, he would feature or whatever. And both of our sets are just like, what if I had a jug of cum? And I was like, eh, eh, whatever. So it was yeah. just like a lot of like fluids humor. Um, and Eric like w- was watching us open for him on those little like TVs in the green room. Yeah. And he thought that we were just like random like college kids from Milwaukee. So he was like uh, from Madison. So he, he was like, why are they like so good at stand up? So he was like really blown away by us because he was just like in the middle of Wisconsin, not paying attention. And all of a sudden there was like people who were good at comedy, you know, opening for him. And so he was just like, I think if his, because his expectations were lowered, he was like, oh my God, I can't believe you guys. And then we're like, we came in from Chicago. We're like grown ups, And he was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so then Eric like took me and Toller under his wing after that. It's been a love ever since. And I literally couldn't be more thankful. I literally feel like he saved my life. I would be dead in a ditch without him. I would literally be dead in a ditch without him. That's so cool. <laughs> How did you meet Joe Rogan? Um, just at the comedy store. Arguably the most famous person in the world, I would say. I know. It's crazy. And now I'm on TikTok so much that now I'm starting to get videos coming on my For You page that are like hot girls who are like, when a guy asks me what podcast I listen to and asks if I listen to Joe Rogan, like, <laughs> no, I'm hot and young. I don't listen to that. And I'm like, why is there Joe Rogan slander on my TikTok right now? But it's targeted. It's targeted. Arguably because he's one of the most famous uh, comedians, you know? When he got... Well, like, because I was volunteering for the Bernie campaign, like, every single day for, like, four months. And because I was unemployed. Um, (laughs) Like, everyone was so mad when he went, when Bernie went on Joe Rogan. I know. I was like, you guys are fully insane. First of all, Joe Rogan's not canceled. Second of all, he's literally the most famous podcast in the world. And third of all, it's like, this is a working class people's movement and that's who listens to Joe. Whatever, I could pop off about Joe Rogan. Oh my sure? God, yes. We've we've popped off about this before. We, Because I get pissed off. Me too. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. You went on his podcast. Was that like, so, oh my God, you must have the men in your DMs. I can only imagine. Yeah, the me- I got a lot of men in the DMs. They worship me and I love them. Um, they send me weird messages and, you know, whatever, whatever keeps them going to my profile. Absolutely. But I got to do, I remember I did, I was hosting one of Joe's shows at the, Joe's shows (laughs) at the improv (laughs) 
And Eric Andre did a set on Joe's show. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And that's what I love about Joe is that you think you know the man. And then he has Eric Andre on his comedy show. And you're like, this is beautiful. You know, it's he's like a he's like a comic just trying to help every comic, you know, he's so open minded. That's his yeah. whole thing, I guess, is that he's like, I am, I'm just here to hear anything. And, you know, and I, I feel like, like that's that's what's problematic is that a right. lot of people don't, they like open-mindedness to a certain extent. Right. When you're like, too open-minded, yes. they're like, we, don't, we actually don't want to hear from everyone. We only right. want to hear from the people who have the same views as us, and that's it. I like to, I, I don't agree with like everything Joe Rogan thinks. And I Same. obviously wish he wouldn't like Jordan Peterson and stuff like that. <laughs> but it's like, literally, if anybody, I just think people getting pissed off about Joe Rogan is people like not like wanting to hear about people from the middle class and what they yeah. want to talk about. But I, oh, yeah, but I, I was going to say I have a soft spot in my heart because I love Fear Factor. Same. Same. Uh It's hard for for me not to bring it up uh, anytime I'm on the road with him. I was like, remember Fear Factor? That was me and my dad's favorite show. (laughs) He looks exactly like my dad, Joe Rogan. No way. Just like a a little, because he's little, right? Like short. Yeah, he's short. That's my dad is like a bald, like high T, like buff shorty guy. Whoa. Like, bro, dude, my dad loves Eric Andre. He goes, dude, went to Eric Andrews, taking you on the road again, bro. (laughs) Do your, have your parents met Eric? They're obsessed with him. Oh my God, my, my, my mom is obsessed with Joe. My mom's obsessed with any comedian who helps me out in any way. My parents like feel, you know, I moved. After I graduated high school, I moved away from home immediately. I like yeah. moved to Chicago and then I moved to California and they're just like, you know, like nervous. They don't know. They, you know, I'll just be like, uh, you know, oh yeah, we're filming this thing with worms. You know, they get nervous about whatever I'm doing over here. And I think they feel like Eric is taking care of me, which he has. Like I would literally be living in a shoebox. I didn't have him helping me out. Yeah. Does it feel like a parent-teacher conference when your parents meet, like, bigger comics that you work with? They're so... My parents are really, like, cool. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, it makes me look less cool because they, like, you know, they have, like, party energy. And, like, (gasps) I get... Yeah, so it's, like, I'm not as fun as, like, my dad is. I want to meet your parents. You would be, I think you would be addicted to my dad. I think you would fall in love with my dad. No way. I think you would try to have an affair with my dad. Oh my God. He'd be like, dude, Allie, the great set tonight. Like, But I'm not into bro-y dudes. He's not, he's like a Long Island Jew dad who verges on like, He'll like when he meets you. He'll like take you by the by your neck and be like, <laughs> "Nice, are you eating?" You know that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. I love that. Yeah. Um. What was I gonna say? 
Oh, yeah. Anytime my mom comes to, like, see me at the comedy store or something, we'll be walking around and she'll see. And my mom's also a comedy fan. Aww. So she'll be like, oh, my God, that's Greg Fitzsimmons. Like, we have to talk to him. <laughs> and she'll be like, how's my daughter doing? And it really feels like a parent-teacher conference where they're like, she's good. She's a little bit distracted sometimes. She can ah. be a bit loud. <laughs> be distracted sometimes. Oh, they're, like, giving your mom, like, criticism. Yeah. Did she come to, like, everything? She used to. And now we've gotten better about certain shows being able to come to. That's good. That yeah. is good. Because yeah. my parents will be front row center wearing the shirt, wearing Hellchap Nightmare t-shirts. Incredible. And then I, like, I used to have this, like, really long bit that... I just did this like really intense bit that was like a guided meditation with like full music and it was like 20 minutes of like me like describing fucking my dad in a guided yes. meditation. Yes. And like so I I had done a show like my parent I did a show in Philly and my parents drove out for it because it was this kind of like big show and they just get excited. You know, it gives I think parents also like when like they feel like your mom probably feels like she has something to do. It makes her feel cool, you know. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I'll go absolutely. To, you know, I'll go to the comedy store. So my parents like drove out for this show in Philly, and I like did this show at the beginning. I did this joke at the beginning of the set where I was like talking about how my parents are there, and then I was kind of like roasting them a little bit. And it was this like raked seating, so I was like roasting my parents, and everyone could see exactly who my parents were. And I think my dad like said something stupid, like "Duh, you look like a fucking clown" or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Cause I was like roasting them or something. And then, and then like later in the set, I do the guided meditation where I'm like talking about fucking my dad and everybody's like so uncomfortable looking at my dad. And I can like see all the energy, like people like shifting in their seat and stuff. And my dad's just sitting there laughing, laughing, <laughs> laughing. Cause it's like, yeah, he knows it's not real. It's a joke. Yeah. Does he say anything about it after? Because I have similar jokes about me yes. and my dad and sexual yes. tension and my dad hates it. Really? He's like, yeah. He's like, don't. I remember I invited him to a show and he was like, don't talk about me. And I was like, no promises, Larry. See, that's, I would rather, I think my parents like the attention too much. My, mo my mom's more so that way. She's like, talk about anything, any trauma <laughs> from the past that I've caused, use it. <laughs> oh, so they love it. Yeah. My dad's a little bit more shy about it, though. But does he like, he likes coming to the shows and he likes your comedy? He doesn't really like doing much, but like. Yeah. He does. I mean, he does like it, but he's not the type of dude who's going to he'll be like, oh, it's too late. I don't want to go to Hollywood. Right. Right. No, my he's, parents like to party. They want to be there. They want to be front row. Yeah. My dad's a lazy fan. OK, that's fair. He's a dad. He's got stuff to do. He's literally he's being a dad. Yeah. So your dad doesn't mind the jokes. He loves it. I mean, my dad's like the funniest person on the planet. So he's like, he feels like he's like a part of the, you know, he feels like he's a part of it. He's always like, dude, I want to retire. Let me be your manager, bro. And I'm like, okay. That's but amazing. He, yeah. And he'll like his, fr I mean, also, cause like I'm from Long Island. So when I come back to New York and like do shows, like all of their friends like to come to shows too, because it's like, oh, we're at, like, the Bell House. This is cool. Like, we're all going to wear, like, our white capris and, like, get martinis before this. Yeah. And they're all, like, Long Island Jews. And they, like, all come to the shows and they all love and they have a great time. But, like, 
because like you know my comedy is like perverted and vulgar they like think they can like say stuff to me now that's like you know like yeah yes it's such a weird thing and I'm I experienced that when I first started where like once my extended family saw my comedy they would like kind of make comments where I'm like I'm not I don't want to hear about that like that's a performance that's like a different side of me this is this is Passover I don't want to hear about your sex life with my uncle yes and do you have people who come up to you after shows and say weird things or in your dms because now people feel entitled to ask inappropriate questions or make inappropriate comments because of how uh, explicit I can be on stage I've had I, I I feel like a lot of times I mean, I know that I'm asking for it. Like I'm literally on stage showing like a video of like a penis made out of like like a pool noodle covered in veins, like squirting cottage cheese. Like (laughs) I understand the situation I put myself in. Like the craziest ones have been people like coming up to me crying and being like, I too was molested by my dad. And I'm like, that's not what I said, but okay. Yeah. And then you become <laughs> like an interim therapist for like 10 minutes. And it's an, yeah, I remember when I was with you at the comedy store, someone was having Ooh. a very serious conversation with you after. And I was like, this is, it's beautiful in a way because people obviously feel so strongly about what you're doing and it's a fun way to lighten up like weird situations or weird comedy that makes it feel less uh, uncomfortable or isolated. But at the right. same time, I am not a spokesperson or an intelligent enough person and to I'm really also break that down. Yeah, where there's yeah, like, like yeah. satire involved and not a hundred percent truth yeah and it's like i understand the position you know i i know when i say like i want to have sex with my dad on stage i understand the position i'm putting myself in and so that so when people come up to me and like you saw like say something really emotional to me after a show it's like you know i put myself in this position i'm here to i'm here to help you get through this little moment but you know i and you know people will do i'm sure your dms are like you know Mine are just grotesque. Yeah. So I'm always doing like videos with like hamburger helper explosion out of a butthole sh- diarrhea. And so how do you? Like, how do you? What is it like growing up as Sarah in Long Island <laughs> and becoming? How do you have the idea where you want to start doing stand-up, but in a non-traditional sense and being like, this is going to work. I'm going to do Hamburger Helper coming out of a butthole and people are going to love it. And I'm confident that this will work and I'm just going to do it. Because I, I, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. And I think it's, and I think that that's why people love you. At least I do because God it's bless. like- I would be too scared to do something like that. And then I watch it and I'm like, I want, I, I want to put hamburger helper out of a prop butthole. Well, see, it's funny that you say that because I wish I was brave enough to just tell jokes and not feel like I constantly have to uh, overwork and overcompensate with costumes, videos, like, you know what I mean? Like actually the best thing someone ever told, do you know Dynasty Handbag? You, I think you would be obsessed with Dynasty Handbag. She's like okay. a freak performance artist. And she, before pandemic, was doing this monthly show, Weirdo Night, at Zebulon. And it's just like a freak show. Yeah. And she, like, 
the best advice she ever gave me was she was like, you don't need to like work so hard. You don't need to like have stand-up jokes with a video in the background and other like, cause when I do like a full performance, it's like, it's just like a lot, you know, it's very, I, cause I, I'm a maximalist. So I'd like to do a lot, a lot. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, I hear you, but literally, I mean, I wish I felt more confident in just getting on stage and just saying good jokes, but I don't have enough confidence in my jokes. But did you see yourself? Like, did you see that this was what you would be doing when you first started? Like, did you always kind of have it in mind to like try new things and be kind of experimental and like unique? I think, I think you like put, you, you nailed the hammer on the head or whatever the saying is with like, it is very rooted in like, coming from Long Island, hating it there, feeling like I didn't fit in, just like always trying to, you know, I was just like an attention whore freak, like wearing, I, I'm gonna wear a ballroom hoop skirt to school for attention. You know, I like, I was always- Did you being, do that? Yes, I was being annoying. <laughs> I was just being annoying. My did life. you ever wear, did you ever wear ties? I wore a bow tie to graduation, classic. Incredible. And the first time I ever did a stand-up open mic, I was 16 at the Hog Pit NYC, some like horrible like barbecue place that also had a, I guess, open mic in the back and it, it wasn't a bar so I could do it. And I don't, I wish I could remember who the host was, but it was like a million years ago. But I, I it was my first time doing stand-up and I talked about being a virgin and I wore a bow tie and like the host was just like making fun of my bow tie and then I like didn't try stand up again for like until I was like 19 or whatever did you there's a lot of young people who listen to this podcast who want to start stand up and they're like nervous and afraid and I also did my first open mic when I was I think like 17 and I was also very nervous and I didn't do comedy. I, I did my first open mic and I didn't do it again for like a year and a half later. Mm -hmm. So like, wh how did you build up the courage to do that first open mic at 16? And like, how did you come up with the material that you were going to do for that first open mic? I was like, I don't even like think of that as my first open mic because I like was like a child. Yeah. And like, you just got to do it like I I was just obsessed with comedy my whole life I always wanted to be a comedian I was addicted to Seinfeld I was I like I was like Fran Fine from the Nanny was my idol I, I loved like, the nanny so much loved. she's like I feel like girls our age are like derive their confidence from her she was <laughs> like, incredible she was a fucking fashion queen she was gorgeous perfect and hilarious and annoying like her she, what made her funny is that she was like annoying grating and jewish and loud yeah and so i was like i could do that and then when i moved to chicago and started after i graduated college and i started doing stand-up for real it's just like you you have to constantly, you know, for people watch, listening or watching that want to do stand up, you just have to constantly be putting yourself in situations that make you uncomfortable and it's not going to go well and you're going to be incredibly miserable and humiliated and like, I mean, if you're, if, if you do stand up, you have like a little bit of masochism in you because you, 
there's some part of the humiliation that you like because it's always unavoidable. Like I started doing st open mics in like, like in Chicago and like beer drinking bars, like the Cubs World Series is on the TV and like no one's watching the like Jewish girl that they hate, you know, whatever. But it's like, it's just, you just have to do it and it's gonna really suck. But I wonder if stand up now is gonna be different after the pandemic. Like, I wonder if those same open mics are gonna be like that. Cause I feel, I don't know. I feel like those are so crucial. Yeah. Everyone, you know, cause I do like weird performance arty stuff but I started doing stand up in like, you know, where everyone else does open mics too. It's not. Yeah, it's not always like the ideal setup for someone who's doing more of a performancey act. Well, I was doing, Chicago is the best too. I Maybe this is also helpful for people who want to start doing stand-up because it's like, you don't have to live in LA. You don't have to live in New York. I was doing open mics and then I was also going to like all these noise shows on the weekends. And then I started doing my like crazy stuff at these like DIY shows and like people's basements and stuff with like bands like Oozing Wound and like Blood Liquor and whatever. And that's like, you know, you just have to find out. And though that was a community that I really wanted to be a part of. Yeah. So just like go to the stuff, like people who are nervous to try stand up or whatever, go to the things that you want to go to, go to the, be around the communities that you want to be around. If, if you want to be a comedian, but like your favorite thing to do is go to like a fucking, you know, have a more, have a well-rounded life, do what you want to do. And like, if you need to create a community, around what you want to do that's good too. Like I knew that I loved doing comedy, but I also loved seeing noise shows on the weekends and not all, always going to comedy shows. So I just started a comedy noise show in my friend's basement called Helltrap Nightmare and then had booked all my friends to do like, one of my friends performed with a bag of crickets and then another friend taped, you know, sausage all over his naked body and screamed or, you know, just do whatever you want to do. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't want to, starting comedy now must feel so daunting because there's like, there's a TikTok and whatever. There's just too many things that seem not conducive to like experimenting and figuring your stuff out. Yeah, I went to a non-COVID friendly punk show in the LA River Good and day. it was like 30 minutes of like punk music and then 30 minutes of rave music and they Good. would go back and forth and it was amazing and I was like, I want to do like renegade comedy shows but the hard thing is like, I, I was like, who, like, traditional comedy no one wants to walk 30 minutes down the LA river to find this random location <laughs> in like a pit to watch comedy like it does have to be something that's I don't know I'm, I'm still brewing on this idea for I think if you do it people would just come and then you, you think would. so yeah like we started our show, we were like, okay, so it's a sketch comedy stand-up show, and also there's gonna be harsh noise music, and also you might get covered in chorizo because my friend Shugarm is rolling all over the floor, covering yeah. himself in paste. And it's people, I don't know, people will like follow you whatever you do, you know, yeah. like there has to be a community in COVID for, for sure. comedy weird stuff. Definitely. There's nothing anymore. It sucks. But now I want to get back to to 
adolescent Sarah. Okay. I want to know more about like teen life for you. Like, were you on Tumblr? Were you on MySpace? I feel like you probably had a really sick MySpace profile. No, I didn't. I like, with, like knew cool about backgrounds and layouts. I didn't really. Well, kind of. I just didn't. I was just so alienated and and angsty and felt like I didn't. You know, I was figuring stuff out. I wasn't fully realized. For sure, and, me neither. But it's funny because my first MySpace, this is the first time I'm ever saying this out loud. I think you'll appreciate it. My first MySpace, my name was Sarah Fabulous. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> because I think I, I had, at an early age, understood that the internet wasn't real and that I was going to have a persona. I didn't know quite yet that I was going to have a a performance persona, but I was like going, you know, because whatever. I had a bifurcated personality. I was Sarah Fabulous online, and my profile picture is me wearing a boa. And then, do you think that's funny, Ben? I'm asking my studio mate. Extremely funny. That my name was Sarah Fabulous on MySpace. And then. In high school, like I was a comedy nurse, I was addicted to comedy. And what lived... what were you watching? Like, what did you love? Well, at, in high school, I was like addicted to improv, and we had an improv team in high school that would practice in the basement of the library. I mean, it's so dorky. Was it comedy sports, or was it just like a rogue improv team? Because we had comedy sports at our high school, but it oh, was like really. Yeah, and it was like the least funny. It was like Mormons and Christians, no. and they were doing like PG, like safe comedy. Oh no! Oh, they like set up shop at your high school to like make money or something. No, they would. It was like a. It was like an elective. It was like comedy sports, and so they would have like monthly shows. But right. it was never something that I wanted to be a part of because I'm like, none of these fools are funny. Like I'm making my history teacher right. laugh. Like that's what I want to do. I'm making adults laugh, bitch. Have you ever yeah. tried to reconnect with any of your high school teachers? Like, oh were God. you close with your high school teachers? Yeah, because I was, like, annoying and precocious. And I was like, same. I'm smarter than all the kids. Same. Yeah. I feel like we were the same, similar in school. Uh, I was in love with my English teacher, <gasps> Mr. Graham. Ooh. We were Snoopy ties and smoke a pipe in his car. No. Yeah. We wow. would see it. We would, like, sneak out and see him smoking a literal corncob pipe in his car. And we'd be like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Have you reconnected with him? Um, actually, my friend, because we had such a crush on him in high school that, like, my best friend, like, emailed him after a breakup after college and, like, wanted to get drinks with him and was like, oh, this is not the same. Yeah. I just tried I just tried so when I was in school I definitely like became friends with the teachers that I thought were cool and because I felt like I could connect more with the teachers and the students and I was so different than everyone and no one got me and so there was one teacher whose name is Eddie Uh oh and he was so hot and like love him and then there was another teacher who I ended up babysitting for who I thought was super hot. So cool. Him and his wife recently are divorced, so we'll see. And I just tried to reconnect with them on Facebook. 
Facebook, Allie, Allie, you're I never use I never <laughs> use Facebook, but for the teachers, I'm on it, and they read the messages and have not responded. <laughs> I, it hurts I, so bad. That like took the wind out of me. It hurts. That Allie, I'm so sorry. That's devastating. I was like, I thought we had something special. Was economics nothing to you? Uh, I have teachers who will come to shows sometimes in New York who, like, got, who, like, got divorced and, like, then we're going to, like, punk shows on the weekend and stuff like that. So cool. I mean, that was, like, I'm, like, okay. Like, I know I'm not famous, but I'm, like, okay, I'm, like, famous right now. I, like, yeah. literally felt it. Like, my, my high school theater teacher came to one of my shows. I was, like, weeping. Yeah. Wait, well, I w- can I pee really quick? I swear I'll take one second. Yeah, go pee. Take your time. Look how much water I drink. Okay. <laughs> I'm proud. Okay, Anthony, pause. <laughs> I know, but you're doing a really good job. <sighs> She's back. I was holding it in so good. I have not been drinking enough water, so I pee like once a day. I wasn't, and I was like really depressed and exhausted for like weeks. And, and I'm like, whatever. So now I've just been going insane. I'm like, oh, I haven't been drinking water. So I've been drinking like four of these a day. Crazy. I know. And I got, I'm so stupid. I got, of course, one person tells me one thing and I believe it for the rest of my life. But I got one of those like, um, so it was like, you have to try these like things that you put in water that actually make one glass of water like 12 times more hydrating. Wait, is it chlorophyll? It's, um, what is it? IV? Is it life liquid IV? Liquid IV? Liquid IV. You're doing, Anthony's doing liquid IV. Anthony doesn't work? Anthony think, Anthony said the first time he did it, he felt like it worked. And then the rest of the times he felt like it was more of a placebo effect. But also, it's like drinking Powerade. It's not like you're getting more water. It's probably just electrolytes. Right. And I, I convinced myself when I drank it, I was like, okay, I feel a buzzing in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to get Alpha Brain. What is that? I don't know. It's like uh, it's some Joe Rogan stuff. It's like oh! it's supposed to make you all like wired in and alert. Does he give you free stuff? I asked him for it once and he was like, for sure, I'm definitely going to give it to you. And then it was one of those things where next time I saw him, he didn't have it. And I didn't want to be like, can I please have some alpha brain, sir? (laughs) Wait, is that the gorilla mind? Is he gorilla mindset? I don't know. What does that mean? (laughs) Anthony's laughing his ass off. What does that mean? Who's gorilla mindset? I mean, he has like the, the gorilla logo for his pod. I think Gorilla Mindset is like, is that a Mike Sternovich thing? It's just like how to become so powerful. It's like, you know, Gorilla Mindset is like how guys become alpha powerful. I don't know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is me having a cursory relationship with the internet. Yeah. Um, Well, do you, are you a fan of Borat, the first one? Was that like a movie that you loved? Okay, cool. I I loved it, loved it. I think I didn't really appreciate it. Because how old were we when it came out? Pretty young. I remember, I think, fifth grade or sixth grade. So 2005 or six. I was too young to, like, understand the genius of it back then. And then later on, I when I found out about, like, 
jackass and like what by the time bruno came out i was obsessed i see i hated bruno i thought it was awful i was like this is just like like stupid vulgar for no reason oh ben's apologizing for my bagel maybe not being made right (gasps) ben it's a delicious bagel (laughs) oh my god ben and anthony have the same laugh oh my god ben and anthony have the same laugh Oh my god. Wow. Okay. Are we and they're both off screen. They're both off screen. We're gonna have to do like an intro post pod. Absolutely. Um uh, I feel like I peed also while you were asking me a question too. Whatever, who cares? Okay, this podcast is just Oh, for did us. you like the new Borat? I did. I mean, me I, too. I, I, it's not something that I'm like quoting the way that the first right. one was, but I thought it was good. I people didn't like it, and I was like, literally, why? Yeah, I don't know. What's not to like? They're being hilarious. I, I think the bummer is that you could tell that a lot of stuff was more scripted than the first mm-hmm. one, but I think it's hard to get away with what he did with the first one in today's society he's also like literally the most recognizable caricature like 21st century i used to do impressions of him all the time like borat impressions after the first movie came out where i ruined i didn't ruin i maybe even uh made better my family's holiday trip to hawaii yeah because the whole time i was just being like well like anytime we would do an activity like road to hana i was like they're nice waterfall (laughs) and when you're like a a 10 year old girl doing borat impressions there's nothing better but now that i'm an adult trying to do them at holiday gatherings it doesn't have the same random girl extremely quirky random girl I, in college, my friend Wyatt said, wah, wah, wee, wah. And I was like, oh, where'd you get that? That's like my thing. And he was like, dude, it's Borat. You're like, it was my thing. I literally, in my head, just was like, yeah, I say wah, wah, wee, wah. Completely forgot about that. That was another thing, too. I can't remember. Do you do impressions? Because someone said, someone asked, asked her to do her world famous impressions. And I, and I'm not recalling uh, that you're an impressions person. I do a really good Cartman impression. Can you do it? Or is that awkward? That must be the, that must be the world famous. I'm surprised you got questions. That just brought back a really awful <laughs> memory. <laughs> I remember I had a crown. <laughs> had a crown. Oh, no. <laughs> Allie. Allie. I had a crush on a guy who, no. lo- who loved South Park. And so <laughs> anytime I have a crush on a guy, I just adopt his favorite interest yeah, as my own. And so I would be like, ma'am, cheesy poops, ma'am. <laughs> and I never watched South Park, but I knew that that was like a thing. Oh, you that was traumatic. You went to Target and looked at all the South Park t-shirts and memorized what they said. (laughs) And I bought them all for him being like, I think someone left these for you. Uh, I definitely didn't buy them. I think someone killed Kenny. Uh, 
<laughs> Did you ever do any nanny impressions? I would always go, oh, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> and he would just do the laugh. Hey. Wait, well, <laughs> <laughs> the most half-ass attempt. <laughs> My world famous impression. Hey, what's the gr- someone asked? What's the grossest thing you've ever seen? Oh well, in college I was like, yeah, I'm hardcore, and I watched. I just did two that girls thing one where, cup no, live action. I did worse. I was like, I think it was when all those like ISIS beheading videos were coming out. Oh my god. <laughs> And I watched those, and then I was like, yeah, I'm actually, like, really hard. And I, like, watched, like, three guys, one hammer or something. It was just, like, (laughs) some, like, Polish dudes, like, brutally murdering someone with a hammer. And then immediately was like, why did I – I think I – I probably did it to impress someone when I was high on weed. High on Um, marijuana. But the grossest thing I ever did was – because I make a lot of gross videos with, like, brains or worms or whatever but the grossest thing I ever did was for some reason we made a video where I was like eating a slice of pizza and then we had the pepperonis were nipples and then they were of course naturally and we rigged up the nipple to like eject milk and for some reason so I was eating this piece of pizza that was like covered in milk and it made me vomit it was so gross yeah, someone also asked if you, they asked who makes your props and costumes, but I believe you do. I, okay, I'll unplug the computer. I'll show, I'll give you the tour. A really messy studio. Messy, 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 messy. Do we get a Ben reveal or is he staying hidden? Ben, can I do a Ben reveal? Yeah, that's fine. <gasps> ben! Oh my God. Hi, Ben. Ben. Ben's a snack. I, I, he said, I can't hear you. We look beautiful. Oh my God. Thanks, Bagel Ben. So these, we just moved into the studio, so not everything's organized. Wow. But those, like all the props, and then I have multiple ass asses. Of course, yeah. I made where do one you, of these for- Where do you get your ass? I made this. Well, I got the ass from, oh, I actually think I was, it was a Halloween store in Long Beach, actually. Oh my God, incredible. And then I put, I made the hole out of, um, oh, this is, I, sculpted it with hot glue and yarn it looks great thank you so much and then i want to show you my new butthole i made i made a plaster butthole on the wall i sculpted it into the wall and it has it's sturdy plaster and it has the straw in it so you can blow into it anytime and shit comes out it's like a fountain that's incredible i can't wait to see (sighs) like what your first home looks like that you own you know, it's funny. I, my, because I, my boyfriend and I have been together for like seven years. Okay, brag. I know, brag. And like our home is like nice and sweet. <laughs> I love that. I guess there's some crazy stuff on the wall. Is this studio connected in any way to your house or did you guys get a separate studio space for arts and crafts and goofs and gaps? Because I, in Corona, like, I was on Zoom all day screaming, doing stuff like this. And then my boyfriend works from home. So he was on a Zoom all day. 
And I was just driving him insane. And also just like, you know, building this weird stuff in our one bedroom in East Hollywood just sucked. Yeah. So my friend Ben hooked it up, found this freaking sick ass two car garage, decked it out. I, I love like- it. I love that you guys got a studio so you wouldn't be annoying your studio mate yet. <laughs> he's still at the studio with you. No, that Ben isn't boyfriend. This is oh. Dick. So me and my friend Ben who both have significant others oh my god place so we don't so we don't annoy our significant others oh my god you guys can just annoy each other yeah exactly so i text oh god, him today like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a podcast and then he's being in the background being hilarious right now that's adorable <laughs> okay i love that okay and then i'm gonna get a couple more questions i can't believe you actually got questions i was surprised someone said are you still homies with bernie yeah, I'm homies with Bernie. What do you mean? I mean, and I was they devastated said, when he dropped out. And then they said, which emojis does he use? Does Ber- Well, not, I don't know the guy. I just fuck. It's also funny. People are like, I didn't even work for the campaign. I was a vol. I was literally a volunteer. Like, I was yeah. just canvassing, knocking on doors every weekend. Did you ever get anyone, like, uh, hating on it? Or were people super supportive? Because I'm the type of person where if I were to post something political in any way, there would be yes. a lot of uh, pushback, which is I- difficult because I would like to be... I would like to say things, but then right. it can be very divisive in this I time. think from... I just, I think because I've always had very annoying, loud political comedy, kind of, it's, there's not really anyone on board who... People already know what they're getting into. Yeah, like, um, when I was on tour with Eric, I, what was fun was I did, like, Bernie jokes in every city, and it was fun seeing, like, where it would work and where it didn't. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, you know, all the places where rich people lived didn't like, you know, literally New York and California, everyone was like, we don't care about Bernie. And then like literally like North Carolina, everyone was like obsessed with, they were like, woo! But I think like, at, you know, no one was going to follow me on Twitter after that if they didn't like Bernie, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so. What else? Anything? I, I have nothing else to say. You have nothing else to say. I have nothing else. I feel like I've I've said all I wanted to. I mean, honestly, I could have ended it after the first five minutes of telling you that I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> Everything else after that has just been a treat. Oh, Allie, man. Allie, Allie, Allie. I was so excited. I literally, when I texted you, oh, my God, my hot cousins are obsessed with you. I wasn't even fishing. I just wanted to tell you. But I, and it worked out because I had asked you before to be on the pod and the timing, whatever, it slipped away. And then that text just reminded me, I got to get Sarah on the pod. And it's funny because you asked me and then the pandemic happened. We were too depressed to do anything. Yeah. (laughs) And you caught me babysitting when I I ran into you at the park. I saw that baby again. Dad's pretty hot. I'll say that. Dad's good looking. Good looking dad. I'll say that. Yeah. Cute Unless baby the baby was dad. being kidnapped and the kidnapper was hot. <laughs> then we have to get you back in there. How are you planning on doing more live streams coming up? <laughs> no. I'm so tired. I don't have any. I literally don't do anything anymore. I'm done. That's it. No. Keep me in your goddamn prayers. I'll tell you that. 
I want to do a, I feel like it'd be so fun to do shows with you. Literally when you, cause I was like, just cause my diabetic boyfriend, I'm like, I'm not performing. And then when you asked me, I was like, I really want to do this. <laughs> but um, you should have another show and then I'll zoom in. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. no, 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 no. When Corona's over, we'll go on a tour. I would love that. That would be, so, I want to go to the South. I've never Me been to too. Texas. Okay, I have been to Texas, but I want to go to like Alabama and I yeah. want to go to Kansas and yeah. I want to go to like Arkansas. Yep. I want to do a show to... in New Mexico. I want to do a show. <sighs> I'm literally so depressed thinking about that. What are you going to do for Thanksgiving and like the Nothing. holidays? Nothing. Nothing? Are you doing anything? Oh, your yes. family's here. Yeah, but we're going to San Francisco sick yeah oh so you're like partying i'm not partying but i am flying to san francisco are the planes scary or no no but i'm not really i mean i know you probably had corona i don't think so i mean maybe but when i got antibody tested uh, i haven't had the the bodies okay so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I but yeah. You. I'm doing nothing. Maybe Whatever. you can you can zoom into my Thanksgiving. Hey. Hey, fam. I think me and like maybe a couple other friends will just like make food and then um, I'll probably get drunk, which I haven't done in like eight, 10 months. That'll be so fun. Yeah, I'll have diarrhea for three days after that, and I'll never drink again for the rest of the year. It'll be worth it. Yeah, exactly. Do you have cats? I asked you about this before. No, you don't no, have cats. No, I'm allergic. Yeah. I, I'm like, any any question you have will be answered by whether I'm too Jewish or not. <laughs> yeah, I have these feral cats outside my house, which is why I was late to the Zoom, because I was feeding them, which I'm not supposed to do if I want They're them to go gonna away. They're going to go insane on you. I know, but I kind of, it's like, I kind of like the attention, even though it's just I from know. cats. I'm like, oh my God, they're obsessed with me. Why don't you get a cat? Well, one of the kittens is so cute. And so I think I'm going to have this like rescue team come get them and make sure mm -hmm. they're all like safe and not going to get pregnant on me. Uh -huh. And then I'm just going to keep one of the kittens. You have to. You're obsessed with them. I know. I'm like looking forward to going home so I can see them. Oh, I I want to get a dog in COVID. You should. I don't know how to. You should get a bunny. You should get a bunny. Ooh, freaky! Oh they're my god! Freaks. No, they're so cute, and you can potty train them so they don't poop all over. No, they're little freaks. Oh my god, you're a little, little freak. Nasty. I know. You're a little nasty a little, freak. I want a little dog this big, name it Skunk. Okay. <laughs> I like possums. Do you like possums? I, I, when I've seen possums on the internet, I go, oh, look at these cute little freaks with these little hands. And then I'm sitting in my friend's backyard in Highland Park next to a fence, and I hear this shaking sound, a possum the size of my whole abdomen, basically, crawling on top of the fence, and I see its hands holding onto the fence with these human hands. It was disgusting. And you know I what I really it. don't like? Their the tails? fleshy tit. Disgusting. 
flat. It's it's grotesque to see a musk, just a sheer muscular tube. Yeah, it's very thick at the top, and then just so oh. yeah, it's it's awful, and I love it. We gotta get you a little animal. Get I want a little, little animal. freaky animal. Um, do you have anything to plug or promote Literally, or that you want to no. say? This is what I have to say. Can everyone just watch my videos online? Because I'm I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this internet thing. I used to be able to go do a show. Everybody's sitting there, ha, 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 laughing. I have fun. We all have fun. Now I'm relegated to the internet. I make a little video. I put it online. It gets smashed in the dirt, put, put into the trash. I'm sick of this. People need to watch your videos right now. I agree. You can find my videos online. I uploaded a video to YouTube. Guess how many people watched it? 280. Oh. That, I hope it's that's more than kind. that. Oh, that's kind. Let's look. It's an, wait. YouTube. Why are people sleeping on your videos? People are sleeping on Sarah in general. Let's I'm find. I'm sharing all of your videos. God bless. Somebody's got to. Oh, I just found something that's weird. That's not my. <laughs> oh, where am I? Okay. Sarah Squirm your channel three days ago 160 views i'm sharing it to my instagram story it's ali it's humiliating i'm humiliated i'm like we can't have that no i made these little pimples out of oh i saw um, that but you posted it on instagram so people don't know it's on youtube and to watch it there I don't, I don't, it's, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I, I'm like, you're telling me I took little bubble wrap, injected the bubble wrap with tiny syringes full of Vaseline. Is that how you did it? Yes. <laughs> I made, a, I made pus out of Vaseline mixed with paint, apply them all to my face, hours of work. And like, nobody sees it. And then someone will like do a TikTok of like a being, you know, being like, you know, dancing or whatever, and it's a billion views. <laughs> take that, Charlie D'Amelio. She would yeah. never post a acne sketch. Yeah, take that, probably a child who's 16. Wait. Yes. <laughs> okay, I love you. Thank you for doing love this podcast. Love you. Thanks for having me. God bless. God bless.